Thank you for listening to the Reclaim Church podcast. We hope that this message is a blessing to your life. For more information on our church, you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at ReclaimTX. Now please enjoy this message. Uh, today's message is called Keep It Moving. Keep it moving. Keep it moving. That's right, Miss Brenda. Come on. Got some help today. All right. I'm a, we need to give her a mic to help us out with it. <laughs> Or just move around the room so we can balance it out a little bit. But it's called Keep It Moving. Um, in John chapter 20, 21, verse 1 through 3, it's, it's, so Peter is, he went through this cycle. And, and as you study, study scripture and the New Testament and, and the, Jesus and his disciples, Peter had this very confident um, attitude about himself. In fact, and we'll get into it a little bit more, but in fact, when Jesus is telling him, hey, I'm going to die and, 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 you know, they're going to put me on the, you know, he, he kind of reveals the whole thing. Peter's the only one who's like, no, 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 you're not going to do that. And I'll die too if you have to, right? Peter's very confident and very zealous. And so we, most of us know the scripture, but what happens is, is Jesus is like, listen, Peter, uh, you're actually going to not, you're going to deny me. You think that you're going to stand for what you believe in, but when, when push comes to shove, when, when, when the seasons get rough, when, it, when, the, when people start pressuring you, you're actually going to deny me. And that's when Peter's like, no, you know, I, I don't believe that. I'm going to go to death. And, and so we, we know in Scripture that eventually Jesus gets arrested and Peter's following at a distance and uh, he denies him. He denies Jesus. And imagine that feeling of denying Jesus after you said that you wouldn't. He denies him. And then Jesus dies. He, he, raises, he gets raised from the dead. Um, he actually experiences, he gets to see him. But then we find towards the end of the story of Jesus, before he ascends into heaven, that he's actually, he meets them again on a beach. And so now we, we're starting that story right here in John 21, verse 1 through 3. It says, after, after these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples at the Sea of T Tiberias. And in this way, he showed himself Simon Peter, Thomas called the twin, Nathaniel of Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two others of his disciples were together. And Simon Peter said to them, I am going fishing. I am going fishing. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Jesus, for this time together. Lord, I pray that this message would come across exactly how you want it to, God. Let, I, I'm getting out of the way, God. I rebuke my own pride, my own motives, my own intentions, and I pray, God, that I would only do what you want me to do. I pray that this, this message would be, that every word that I speak would be led by your spirit and founded on your word. We thank you in Jesus' name, and we all said together, amen. All right, so a couple of uh, weeks ago, I turned 30, okay? Um, it's, I love, you know what I love about our church is there's like half of us that are like, man, that's super young. And there's like half of us that are like, dude, you're getting old, right? And so we have a great balance. But, but my perspective is like, man, I feel like I'm getting old, right? Um, and, and now my wife is pregnant with our fourth baby. And so um, pray for us. Uh, pray, I'm praying, you know, we we're talking about laborers last week. I'm praying the Lord send somebody to labor and babysit my kids. Come on, Lord, send them. So, um, you know, I, I turned 30 and... Um, you ever have those moments, and I've had them a lot lately, where you remember the good old days, the glory days? You ever watch Napoleon Dynamite when his, his uncle's like, I could throw a football over, you know, like the glory, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I could see Mark saying that at dinner sometime with somebody. But, you know, the glory days, we talk about, you know, oh, what once was and, and how, li how easy life was before all these things started happening. Now, listen, um, I love my kids, I love my family, but I'm always honest with you, right? Do you, I know we've all been through this, 
especially as some, some of you husbands could understand, you ever get to the moment where the pressure is so heavy and the stress is so heavy that you're like, man, I wish I can go back to the days when all I was worried about was, you know, buy myself food and all I was worried about was my own schedule. And Okay, I'm selfish. I know. Pray for me. Lord, help me. Can, can, can you relate to what I'm saying today? But there's times when I'm all kind of thinking, man, I, I want to go back to the good old days, you know, the days when, you know, me and my friends were in a band together and we played house shows and there's just no pressure, no stress in life. My car got towed. I didn't care about it, right? No, no stress in life. Nobody cares, you know. But, but, but the truth is this, is that we can't go back to those seasons, but sometimes it feels like, you know, when things get rough and when things get hard, I'd rather just you know, go back. And I kind of picture Peter in this kind of mindset. He just denied Christ. He's, he's probably all mad at himself. You know, it says that he wept bitterly as he did that. Um, and so he's now in this place and he's like, you know, guys, I'm going fishing. And if you know the story of Peter, fishing is where Christ found him. Christ found him fishing. Now, this may be speculation, but, but I feel like he, he may have, you know, because he denied Christ, he may have defined himself as a denier. Because he was defined in that way, I think he was almost to the point of like, you know, I'll just go back to what I used to do. Because the pressure wasn't as heavy when I was just a fisherman and not a disciple. Right? The pressure was, can I, can I be honest, the pressure was a little bit easier when I was just a youth leader and not a pastor. The pressure was a little bit easier when I had one kid, right? <laughs> and now I've got th- uh, three and one's coming Right? I wish I can go back to what I used to be and what I used to do. But see, there's this danger of being stuck in a season. Good or bad. There's a danger of being stuck. You know, I've talked to a lot of people when, when we talk about revival and God moving. You know what everybody does? And, and I'm not trying to knock them, but a lot of people, they go, well, back in the day, this is how God moved. And if it doesn't look like it looked like back then, then it ain't God. And I'm like, listen, sir, I respect you and I honor you. But just because it doesn't look like what it used to be doesn't mean it's not God. But we get stuck in the old season. We get stuck in the glory days. We get stuck in the moments of today, either our mistakes or our accomplishments. Can I tell you something? I love the size of our church, and I love what God is doing here, but this is a season, and if we get stuck in this season, when God begins to bring change, we'll get uncomfortable, and some might leave, some might talk, some might gossip, some might, some might complain. Oh my goodness. I know we don't have any complainers here, but I'm just saying in the future, right? But this is a season. We cannot get stuck in a season, because when God starts to move, seasons start to change. And we can either adapt to the change or get stuck in our season. Have you ever been stuck in a rut? That's such an old man thing to say, huh? Stuck in a rut? Come here, kids. Let me, let me, let me tell you about my, my old days being stuck in the rut. You ever feel like, man, I'm just dry. And because you, you're in a season of feeling dry, you define yourself as a dead Christian. But it's just a season. Don't get stuck in your seasons. You may have made mistakes. You may have failed. You may have tried and tried and kept failing. But can I tell you, just because you failed once, you are not defined as a 
failure. It was a season. It was a moment. It was a time. Don't get stuck in your season, but keep it moving. Keep it moving. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 says, To everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven. I'm not going to start reading the whole scripture because then I'll start singing the song. But there will be moments of failure in your life. Can I? Let's just spoiler alert, right? We've all been alive long enough to understand that there will be a time when I fail. There will be a time when I make a mistake. I remember when we were launching our church, and we remember all the first meetings, and I said, guys, listen, I know I'm a pastor, but I promise you I'm going to fail you. I promise you I'm going to make mistakes. I promise you, I'm just saying this right now, I'm going to say something that offends you. It's going to happen. Why? Because we all make mistakes. There's going to be a season for everything, but there's also a season for success. There's peaks and valleys of life. The important thing is that you don't get stuck in one season, but you keep it moving. Because there's a process to your life. There's a process. We talked about this, right? Justification, sanctification, perfection. Justification is the moment you, you, you receive Christ. You are justified. You're made right in the eyes of God by faith. But then there's sanctification. Sanctification is a process of going from glory to glory to glory. Before we enter into eternity, then we enter into perfection, the finished work. It's done. It's complete. But can I tell you what season we're all in right now on earth? We're in a season of a process of sanctification. So in that process, you're going to take three steps forward. You're going to take two steps back. You're going to walk that hallway of sanctification, but it is only a season. It's a process. We're learning. We're learning. I'm learning. People, you know, when we talk about, again, launching this church, I'm like, we just learned as we went. (laughs) I never pastored a church before in my life. (laughs) I never did this. You know, and when I apologize to people, I'm like, listen, I'm sorry. I've just, I've never done this before, man. Like, I'm just learning, right? Like, but I guess I can only say that for so long. At some point, I got to own it, right? Second Corinthians 3.18 says, but we all with unveiled face beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory just as by the spirit of the Lord. It's God working in your life. It puts you through these seasons. It's a process. It's a process. Don't beat yourself up for the lesson God's trying to teach you. It's a process. I'm being sanctified. I'm going from glory to glory. I'm walking in the process of God. But what God is doing in our life, in our church, in your house, in your ministry, is he's doing a new thing. I don't want to, again, I love what God is doing in our church, but we will not be stuck here. Just because it's good doesn't mean we need to stay here forever. God is doing a new thing in your life. You've got to keep moving. Isaiah 43, 19 says, Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? Don't get stuck. Don't get stuck. I felt when I was putting this together that God was saying, you got to tell someone today to dream a little bit bigger. To dream a little bit larger. Like like I said, we're multi-generational, right? So I'm going to speak to the older generation for a minute. Is that okay? Can I tell you guys something? You have to dream bigger. It's This is not it. There's something more to come. 
There's something more to come. Dream bigger. Dream bigger. To the, to the younger ones that are still kind of learning and growing, don't get stuck in your age, man. Well, one day, maybe, one, no, no, no. Dream bigger that God can use you right now where you're at today. Dream bigger. God is moving. He's doing a new thing. It says this. It says, now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us he can do it in your life if you can think it he can do it and not just that but abundantly above what you can ever think what you can ever ask some of us need to dream a little bit bigger don't get stuck in where you're at today but maybe maybe today's not your landing spot but it's your launching pad to go where to go where God is calling you to go is this making sense this morning are we here today? Keep it moving. You can't stay where you're at. No matter this season, don't get stuck. Have vision to see what God can do. Have vision to see what God can do. What we're sitting in right now is a vision. When it was just me and my wife, nobody else was with us, and God showed me a vision of a church. And I say, okay, God, if you can do it, I'm with you. I'll do it. Let's go. But it was a vision. Can I tell you that this is, this is a vision fulfilled, but there's more vision to come. This is the beginning. This is the beginning. Your life, your life, coming to Christ, entering into this new relationship with Jesus, it's the start, not the finish. It's the start. It's not the finish. Can you see that there's more to your life? Can you see that you're called to more than just waking up, going to work, going to sleep, waking up, going to work, going to sleep? Can you see that you're called to more, that God has actually given you purpose and destiny? I always feel whenever I say that, that we get hand claps, but nobody really, like, it. do you really believe it? Do you really believe that God has, he can use your life? I believe what I see in this church is pastors and leaders and evangelists and missionaries. I see it. I see artists. I see, I see business owners and business starters. I see it. Do you? I see it. There's vision to what God can do in your life. But the problem is what we do is we let seasons define us. Well, I can never do that because I already did this. And so because I already did this, this is who I am. And this is who I'm going to be. Imagine how Peter felt when he says, Jesus, I'll die with you. And Jesus is like, hmm. And then Peter denies him, doing the opposite of what God, what, what, doing the opposite of what he committed to God. So what comes over Peter? It's shame. It's guilt. He's now, he is now defined by the mistake he made and not the promise he made. So he's now walking in this guilt and condemnation. But condemnation cripples purpose. You can never fulfill your purpose 
if all you're doing is feeling bad about your mistakes. And all you're doing is walking in shame for the things that you've done. Condemnation cripples purpose. I should have done better. I should have done better. I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have went there. I could have had a better quarantine season. <laughs> I think I said this before, but when people were, you remember when people were like saying, like, if you don't start a business in your quarantine, then I was like, oh, geez, I failed that one. <laughs> I didn't even know that was on the test. I didn't, just, <laughs> I didn't even know we were supposed to start businesses in quarantine, I guess. But we, but we live in that shame. Could have done better. I should have done. So, so because I didn't do it, then this is just who I am. Stuck here. I expected more from myself. Anybody relate with that one? It, Peter expected more from himself. He expected himself to be able to stand up and die for Christ. I expected more, but then I failed. And so we let that season of failure define us. But see, seasons don't define you. They reveal who you already are. My season doesn't define me, but it shows me who I am. Now you may say, well, that kind of sucks because now, I'm, now I know that I'm a failure. Because <laughs> my season revealed that to me, that I'm a failure. No, no, no. What I'm saying by revealing, what a season does Yes, it reveals how much we need Christ. My season of failure, my season of mistakes opens my eyes to see I need Jesus. I need him. You know, uh, just if you can please come and play. I really need more emotion here at the piano. I'm just kidding. And I'm, I'm closing it right here, or pretty soon. Yeah, I'm in my last one. But I want to I I just talk to you and get a little bit honest. For me personally, I've been going through this, like, really just, like, just dry season. Like, where I'm like, God, like, every week it's like, God, please give me a message because <laughs> I don't have anything to say. Thank God he does. But I've been going through this real dry season of just like, man, I, I just, I just don't feel it. I don't feel it. I don't even really feel like, like I don't even feel like a pastor. I don't feel like, even sometimes I don't feel like it's hard for me to believe sometimes. And I was going through this season of dryness. This is, this is weird. Like, I'm trying to pray, and even in my prayer life, I can hear him speak, but it's just not the same. So I'm going through this for the last couple of weeks. And I'm, I'm like praying, God, please. I'm like, God, I, like if you're not going to speak anything to me, at least give me a sermon because I don't want to show up empty-handed on Sundays. Like, that would not be good. But I'm just like, God, what the last few weeks is like, God, what's going on? What's going on? And as I was praying, as I was praying, kind of trying to get my head right in the, for uh, this beginning of the week and I'm very honest with God. I, I'll tell him, like, Lord, I just don't, I don't feel it. I don't, I just, I don't even, I'll tell him, like, God, I, I don't even feel like praying right now. 
It just doesn't, I don't feel like doing this. And I'm having this conversation with the Lord. And he, he brings this story to my attention. He brings the restoration of Peter to my attention. I'm like, all right. I'm, I'm thinking about, praying about what he's saying. And he tells me this. He says, son, your season doesn't define who you are. Just because you feel dry, just because you feel empty, just because you feel stuck, that doesn't mean that's who you are. Because seasons don't define you. He does. What I feel, what I'm going through, that does not define who I am. He does. And so as he's showing me this story, I'm still like, you know how we, you know, we stubborn people are? Any stubborn people in the house today? That's all right. Like, no, God, no. Like, yeah, I'll preach that, but I don't feel that. But he shows me and he leads me to the scripture. And this is a, the rest of the story from verse 15, chapter 29 of, 21 of John 15 through 19. So when they had eaten breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, feed my lambs. He said to him again a second time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, tend my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Most assuredly, I say to you, when you were younger, you girded yourself and walked where you wished. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and another will gird you and carry you where you do not wish. This he spoke, signifying by what death he would glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he said to him, follow me. So there's a few things that Jesus is doing here. One, Jesus never reminded Peter of what he had done. He never told Peter, hey, remember what you did back there? Let's talk about it. Instead, he gave Peter an opportunity of restoration. Three times Peter denied him. Three times, or three times Peter confirmed his love. So he gives, us, gives him this opportunity. And within this restoration, there's something that changes within Peter. Because before, Jesus says, you will not die for me. And after the moment of restoration, he says, you're going to be led to death. So there was something within Peter that switched. It was almost like Jesus saw him in his season... And pulled him out of his rut. And he says, I know that you did this, but this is not who you are. I know you made the mistakes. I know you failed. I know you feel like you're stuck in that season. But let me pull you out because that's not who you are. You can't stay here. You've got to keep it moving. This is not 
who you are. He showed him mercy. He showed him understanding. In fact, Jesus made him breakfast. How nice of him after he denies him. Jesus like, let me, let me serve you a little meal here and restore you. In this moment, Peter was restored. But there's something so familiar about this story. Because before, before this moment where Jesus is sitting down talking to Peter, they're fishing. And Jesus is on the shore and they all see him. And they know it's him. But they're not really saying anything. And Jesus tells them, hey, put out your nets. So they put him out. And it was full. It's a little bit familiar from the first time Peter had encountered Jesus. Peter's fishing, and Jesus says, hey, let out your nets. And they were filled. These two contrasting stories, one in the beginning when Peter first meets Jesus, the end when Peter had made all his mistakes, it's almost like Jesus had to remind him. He says, Peter, you're going to do stuff you don't want to do. I'm calling you to do things that are beyond yourself. You, you know what's crazy is after Peter's mistake, Jesus promotes him. Think about this. The first story, he says you're going to be a fisher of men. Way down the line, in this moment, he says you're going to be a shepherd. One was just to collect. The other was to lead and to guide. So Peter, Jesus took him from a fisherman to a leader. In the moment of failure? Because what Jesus is saying is what you did is not who you are. And then he's reminding him. He's reminding him. When he says, cast out your nets, he's reminding him that if you're going to do anything beyond yourself, it can only be done by my power. It can only be done in my will. It's this restoration of Peter. Can I tell you that you can't stay where you are? I don't know what season you're in. I don't know what you've been going through. I don't know what you've been struggling with. But you can't stay there. Your season doesn't define you. He does. He does. Ephesians 2.10 For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. You can't stay here. You got to keep it moving. We hope that you enjoyed this message. For more information on our church, you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at ReclaimTX or check us out on our website, ReclaimChurchTX.com. Thank you for listening.